Hi, you're listening to episode 97 of Attention Plus with Arna Bray, recorded on the 23rd of August 2020, and I'm Vikram Mohan. On other podcasts from Forcepire, Binge On has four amazing documentaries and docu series, and WhatsApp Geeks brings you news and reviews from the world of tech. This week, we talk about the epic battle involving Apple and Google, surprisingly on the same side, the Microsoft Surface Duo, and a lot more. So look for Binge On. That's B-I-N-G-E space O-N. And what's up, geeks, on your podcast player, or head over to forspire.net to listen and subscribe. All right, now uh, let's get your host in. Hey, Arnab. Hello. So, hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. So, when I originally had planned to do this podcast, I planned to do a roundup of IPL, if not for anything else, but because I'm so missing cricket uh, at this point of time. At this point of time, I could. I really could do with an IPL season, if even if it is played in front of an empty stadium. I was going to do devote the whole time to doing an analysis, a deep dive of each of the IPL teams. But then we had today we had this whole uh, this unedifying spectacle of uh, Bloomsbury, India deciding to um, deciding to essentially withdraw publication of a book. So uh, that was at that point of time. Oh wait, hold on. So they decided to withdraw. So let me let me just give you a little bit of background as to what happened. So there was a book written by obviously right winning, right leaning BJP activists on the Delhi riots of 2020, giving their side of the story that this was again not a riot which was started by Hindus but started by Muslims. Now whether it's true or not, or what the or or what the content of the book is, I'm not commenting because I haven't read it, so I I have no idea. So. Um, I'm just keeping that to the side. Um, what I want to say is that this was a decision that uh, the editors at so the way book publishing works is that um, I'm pretty sure that the authors of the book they wrote a pitch to Bloomsbury. Bloomsbury read the pitch. They signed a contract, um, and and Bloomsbury isn't your you know fly by night uh, five person publishing house. Which operates from the back of a printing press. This is a major international publication uh, publishing house. So obviously they have well-defined processes for uh, controversial books like this. So um, so definitely this went through their process. This was something which was approved. I'm sure there must have been fact checks. I'm sure that um, publishing this kind of a book, um, Bloomsbury knows that they would open themselves up to. Um, court cases, so I'm pretty sure that all of this was reviewed by whatever internal legal processes that they have. Um, so, the reason why I'm saying this is uh, the authors of this book decided to do a pre-book, uh, pre-release publicity event, in which um, Kapil Mishra, of course, uh, was invited along with Nupur Sharma of of India. And I think the authors of the book obviously were there. And once that, and once people saw, by people I mean uh, the the woke, uh, quote unquote, liberal crowd of Twitter saw that it was Bloomsbury which was organizing this. Um, they basically threw uh, the, uh, a liberal hissy fit and decided to essentially. Uh, do that downvoting of app because Amir Khan was in it. Of course, when the right wing does it, it's silly and it's funny. But when uh, the same thing is right. done by the William Dalrymples of the world, uh, it's 
it, 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 it takes on a different meaning, I would say. So what they did was that they pressurized Bloomsbury. Um, and the way they do this pressurizing normally is that they contact some of their big authors and say, look, they are publishing this person. And of course, most of these big authors, they, they, also, they are also afraid of not protesting in this day and age. So it's not, it's, it's, it's all, it's, I mean, if you, if you really want to, I mean, there are very few people in the publication world as well as in other places who actually hold true to ideals, who will say, who will make, who will take names, who will, and, and, and because they do it for a living. So obviously this, there is a, there is a few telephone calls which take place and in an amazing, in an amazing turnaround, uh, Bloomsbury India said, we will not publish this book. And the reason they gave was because uh, this these book pub- because they used their logo as part of the uh, as part of the book event. Now this is nonsensical, okay? And because I've done book events, if you do a book event, obviously if the book is being published by an, a, a publishing house, you'll obviously put the publishing house's logo on it. I mean, this is this is insane. There is no notion of taking permission. From the and and honestly, given the way publishing houses nowadays work, they don't do book events. I mean, I've talked about this before. So the author is expected to arrange for book events. They, they arrange for means pay for it. So obviously, these persons who decided to, you know, as is the as is the norm nowadays, they decided to pay for the event and and put it together. So obviously, they will use the logo of Bloomsbury. I mean, they they have decided to publish that book. So if I mention that book and if I don't mention Bloomsbury, that is a bigger problem. Somebody can say that I'm not giving them due credit at that point. So obviously I have to put the logo for the, uh, for the publishing house, which is bringing out the book. So that was absolutely crock what they said. So they basically were pressurized by, uh, I would say at this point of time, they have no other words, but to use the word cabal, uh, cabal of people who run, uh, you know, Jaipur Lit Fest and are, are considered to be, you know, the, the the champagne elite crowd. That this fascist book has to be withdrawn. Remember, as I've always said, it's never fascist. It's not considered to be fascism to be fascist to a fascist. And all that you need to do is dub right. the other side, slur them as fascist without even having read the book, without even having done anything. Say that's fascist. So this is again for those of you who regularly listen to my podcast. This is a standard technique, a standard rhetorical technique that has been adapted and that has been used to essentially deplatform people i've i've said multiple times about how i personally have been deplatformed and i've never written a book about any riots uh, you know i write books on horror even then even though the content of my book might not uh, be controversial at least for them the fact that i don't uh, the the fact that any i would not even call call myself controversial in any shape or form even that, even that minor dissonance from the echo chamber is enough for them to blacklist me. And I, and I have been for years. And today's event, and, I have, and, I, and, and, the, and the worst thing is to use a term that millennials like to use. I've been gaslit for this multiple times by people saying, I imagine this. Of course, people who themselves have a stake in the pie, so that, that has to be said. None of them are really independent of this. But today's but today's developments show, confirm, they affirm what I have been saying so long, that the alacrity with which they withdrew something like this, which was something that they signed on. Remember, this is not that they commissioned a book, that it was in the stage of a contract being written. The book has been published, essentially. They're doing a pre-launch event. So for them to, within hours, withdraw this book 
I, firstly, I don't even know legally they can do this. Uh, because, you know, when you sign a book contract, the publisher is also engaging. I mean, just like I as an author can't, like just before the book is published, I can't go to and publish it and say, hey boss, I'm not publishing with you. You know, the other publishing house, they gave me more money, so I'm going with them. So you can't do that, right? If you sign a contract, you sign a contract. Unless the both the parties decide to get out of the contract, there's no way you can. I mean, that's freaking really what a contract is. So for the life of me, I don't even understand how they can get out of a contract like this. But again, again, what are you going to do? So maybe if, if the authors take them to court, I don't know what happens. But I think more important is really what liberalism in this country has been reduced to. So we have been told continuously that the response to a, a bad idea is your good idea. Okay, so if if people think that this is presenting a one-sided story, it's presenting lies, it's write another book to take each lie in the book and to show that it is a lie. What is, why do you want to prevent the people who are, and again, this is not hate speech. I mean, if the book is hate speech, if the book is actually exhorting action, then this is something which I'm guessing Bloomberg themselves would have seen before the book came out. So obviously the book passed Bloomberg's internal filters to even have made it this far. So it's not what people are saying. So it, it, it is a set of facts. Now you can say the facts are selective. You can decide to say the facts. Um, you, you can even this. You can even say the facts are wrong. But but those are again things that you can contest. That is the spirit of public debate. So write another book, write articles, write a medium post, taking the book apart. That is all mock very yeah. fine. You can always Hello? satire and mock it. If, if, if. There are multiple ways of dealing with this. And what they decided to do was no different from, let's say, Wendy Donage's uh, book not being like renewed. It was published by Penguin. At that point of time, these exact same guys, the exact same guys said intolerance. And, you know, they said this, that the idea, the response to a bad, you know, a bad, a, a terrible idea is another book. You know, if you don't agree with, if you don't agree with the erudition of Wendy Doniger, why don't you write a book which takes down what she has said? And many people have done that, actually. They have done it. You know, in in different again, they they are often not provided a platform to write a book, but there are several several very very well done takedowns of uh, of the kind of history that is that again. I am not a historian, so I cannot. I'm not going to pass a judgment on this because I don't know who is right, who is wrong. I'm just saying that there are ex- equally compelling arguments against the interpretations of what Wendy Doniger has provided. Now, as to which is actually true, maybe both of them are true, maybe both of them are partially true. That usually is what happens in life. In life, it's never black and white, it's some shade of gray. So I personally, I always like to believe that, that, you know, maybe both of them are saying the somewhat they're saying the truth and more, none of them are fully then none of them are fully correct either. And I think that this book on the Delhi riots, even without reading it, I would say it would be the same thing. I'm pretty sure there would be some things which are true and some things which aren't. And I'm sure that will be the same case for the book that's written on the other side. But while the book on the other side will be published, while there will be op-eds in Washington Post and Wall Street Journal, which will uh, tear apart uh, the way this country works, there is not going to be anything. There is not going to be anyone who is going to be allowed a platform to speak. And the response to it is, why don't you make your own platform? Why do I have to make my platform? You're not making your own platform. And in this case, somebody did provide a platform. It's not that somebody didn't provide a platform. It was a 
it was a book which was sufficiently good that it uh, that a international publishing house like bloomsbury would decide to publish it knowing fully well the implications they're not stupid i mean they obviously read what it was they obviously took this decision i'm guessing this was a commercial decision that this book would sell a lot and uh, that's why they decided to publish it i mean that but they also have their internal processes they have their fact checkers and they also have their internal filters such that you know a, a book which is illegal if it was hate speech it would be illegal and it's not that we nobody has read it to even know that if it was illegal if there was hate speech in it then sure once the book comes out take it to court absolutely if there are if there are defamatory claims in that book absolutely take it take the authors to court but what you are doing is um you are preventing them from being heard by using your privilege now there are two things that they do they what what has happened right now and 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 people will pay for this honestly is that these people provide a justification for those who want to burn books who want to destroy bookstores because and at that point of time what are you going to say the logic is going to be that look we are the ones who are unprivileged those who are privileged the they can make a few phone calls and within hours they can have a reputed publishing house tear up their legal contract this is the amount of power and heft that they have most of us we don't have that clout so what are we going to do except stand in the streets and throw stones at you know at windows now, this is terrible of course and i have throughout my life always taken a firm stance against any kind of book banning protesting violently but this but this is violence too this is violence to just you are basically sawing off the legs of their platform you are not letting them say what they want to say and they have had a right to say that they signed a contract they aren't going there and just walking into the lobby of uh, bloomsbury and shouting their piece they have entered into a legal contract with the publishing house and the fact that you don't like what they have to say without even knowing what they have to say the reason why you are mad is that somebody has the jurrat has the audacity to even say something which is against what you believe to be true that is the main important thing for william dalrymple that is the important thing he doesn't even know what those guys have said this the is like the that, posh karni sena or that hindustani bhav exactly there is not there is no difference between the hindustani bhav and that what they do is they embolden the hindu hindustani bhavs and the karni senas of the world by doing this that is what they do now for ages they will point to this and say what about that this was everything they everything i would say started with salman rushdie's satanic verses that then became the reference for everything that happened after it shabano became that reference the kashmiri pandit genocide became that reference if you cannot condemn those things in in this case again with with the kashmiri genocide i'm not saying that liberals are doing it they're pretending it didn't exist yes but they're not doing it in this case they are the perpetrators then they cannot turn around at when january comes at at jlf and then they 
and then they say how the subaltern voice is being stifled by hindu fascist forces that's what they will have panels on in january and then they will retire to their air conditioned uh, tents and then they will have very expensive uh, uh, dinner and uh, drinkies sponsored by z i guess <laughs> right of all people <laughs> of all people so this just goes to show the entire khoklaness of this whole thing you know the fact is that these people who who day night day night stand for everything that ztv brings have absolutely no no pangs of conscience going and eating off their money they have none which just goes to show that none of this is because they believe in anything they obviously don't believe in anything they are absolutely willing to do whatever it takes for that free drinky they are willing to do whatever it takes they don't have an iota of anything called a principle if they had then they should stand for principles i stand for principles i don't give a flying fuck if i don't get invited to jaipur lit fest because of what i'm saying i don't give a flying fuck i really don't i never have and i really don't because it is a matter of principle i have condemned in the past the activities of the hindu right in taking down books in harassing authors and i will take the similar stance of what william dalrymple and his gang have done to the authors of this book they are no different from the karni sena they are even worse at least karni sena does not then go out and have events in which they rue uh, they rue the passing of freedom of speech or the right of an artist to express at least they don't go to that level of hypocrisy these people have been thoroughly exposed for and i'm kind of speaking like arnab goswami because arnab goswami every day <laughs> says i have exposed you which obviously always makes me laugh i mean i did that visual is very disturbing uh, anyways but, uh, but 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 the, but the fact remains that I, in a way i was happy that this happened because it vindicates what i have been saying for years that at least it's out in the open now before that it was more subtle in my case because i had never i mean obviously i i write fiction um it, it was never that you know something like as egregious as this it was just basically people were told that even though my books work well just let's not work with this guy that's it let's not work with this guy let's not give this guy an ability to get his voice heard that's that's really been the case and it's not just a question of book it's a question of the author too even if the book is not even if it is a book on a haunting in 1930s bengal which obviously has no political subtext whatsoever it doesn't matter for them even the author is dangerous so so there is and as I, as i've said before there is no difference between the fundamentalists the islamists on the one hand who the, the the charlie hebdo guys uh, the karni sena guys and the jaipur lit fest these guys there is no difference between them the only thing that changes is the way they do things because the karni sena and because the right wing those right wing fundamentalists are not powerful in themselves they cannot make phone calls so they use the force of their 
numerical superiority. They use the fact that they realize that in a physical mob, they are kind of protected from the law. They engage in acts of wanton violence and they know that they can get away with it. In a way, they do it because that is the only option open to them. Not that it makes it any justifiable. These people don't have to break the law. In this case, actually, I think we, by tearing up a contract, they technically have actually broken the law, but it is not a criminal law. It's a civil law. But what's important is that their techniques are no different. They, if they have asked other people to first read the book, they haven't read the book either. As, that's a point that needs to be made again. They haven't read the book. Um, if it's a question of hate speech, then let the book be published and let take them to courts based on specific instances. You just cannot say that the whole book is hate speech just because it expresses an opinion that you don't agree with. A hate speech is a very, very specific term, is a very specific legal term that you have to prove. And it's very unlikely that that a publishing house like Bloomsbury, I mean, they can let typos through. It's never public editing is never that good, but they'll definitely not let hate speech through if for nothing else, but for their own reputation, they will not let that through. So it is highly unlikely that this book has, has anything which is, which would fall under the aegis of hate speech. I am, I'm almost positive. So there is really no reason uh, for this to happen, except the severe intolerance of the intolerance gang. The absolute intolerance, this, this kind of is a perfect segue to, you know, the book that I want to write, which is called The Gunda Liberal at some point of time. So the main thesis of Gunda Liberal is that the Gunda Liberal is the liberal who stands by his principles, that he does not go, he takes the middle path of everything. The middle path isn't an arithmetic mean of the extremes. A middle path is taking a stance based on a set of principles, no matter which side of the political spectrum that aligns with. That is what liberalism is. And it's a tough, tough thing to do because our natural tendency is to be tribal. Our natural tendency is to let the tribal instinct within us overcome our intellectual instincts. We don't want to think. We like to engage in group think. So it's much more comforting, like, like digging your teeth into a pizza to just go with the opinions of people you like and with, with whom you have agreed in the past. It is the highest form of, I would say, uh, intellectual meditation to actually not do that, to risk losing friends, to risk losing opportunities, to stand behind principles. That is a much more difficult to do. And that is what I believe liberalism is. Have I always been able to do it? No, I haven't. Um, because I'm a human being, but that is something which is to aspire to do is to stand behind a set of consistent principles and to stay in the middle. That is not to, there is no difference between right wing and left wing extremism. And I almost hesitate to call this even left wing extremism. What's going on now, though, though it does, though there is a strong link to what is going on today and classic Marxist theory. Classic Marxist theory does say it is, it is okay to be fascist to a fascist, which is why every Marxist state is fascist. Because once you call your opponents fascist, 
you can do what you can be fascist right that's the only thing that you need to do which if you if you've read history about the way soviet russia worked it was a fascist state if you read the way cambodia works it was a fascist state and it is fascist state because they will always mark their opponents as fascists and will use the very same weapons of fascism that they claim to be so much against this is the fundamental this is the fundamental contradiction at the heart of marxism and you see that you see that today you just see that today that there is no difference between them and carnies and it didn't even take hours for them i mean think of think of how much it takes to get a contract signed i know how long it takes you know the multiple rounds of review you know months on end before you know this guy that guy commercial blah and all of it done within a few hours because some guy makes a phone call i mean how different is this from dubai ka bhai ka call aaya i mean how different is this there is not at this point of time so for the ipl teams uh, i have always done a show or i have written an article which is because i really like doing this for me the most fascinating thing of ipl is not the games which somehow are always a letdown um, unless of course kkr wins which is rare um but what i like about the teams is how they create the teams this is an angle which is totally missing in you know international cricket because we are everybody you know de- there's nothing you can do about constituting a team you have a fixed pool of talent that are born within your national boundaries and uh, um you just have to do with whatever you have but with ipl that's not the case ipl it's truly it's truly capitalism in the adam smith way so Cap- it's like capitalism f- meets game theory yeah so it's full it, it's like we have capital there are no national boundaries and there's a free movement of goods and services so given this and given that everybody Actually, has it is yeah. it's in fact even in kites not pure capitalism also in the sense that uh, all teams have the same purpose of course some of them get around it with various means but i think that's a very important distinction that all teams have the same budget so it's not like ambani can spend three times as much outright yes Uh, so that's true that's true there is an artificial but there is an artificial restriction but as we have known those of us who are steeped in the history of ipl know that that right. has been uh, that 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 has been frequently yes. broken and uh let's just say um anyways uh moving moving on so which team now as as most of you know that the, this time the ipl is going to be played in uae um and i of course don't understand why it couldn't be played in india i mean why what was that prevent that was preventing it from being played in india in empty stadiums I mean, why couldn't the team seriously just, just play um let's say um, all of them go and go to a venue and for let's say for one week all of them play their their so for instance in mumbai you can create they have two big stadiums right they have wankhede and they have the the uh, dy patel dy patel stadium right so you have two big venues there so and again this is a this is this is a you know there's no notion of people coming to the stand so you can do this 
in the you know you can do it in any ground really you don't have to care you don't care for what the teams are because then case there's not going to be anybody in the stadium so i have no idea why this wasn't done in india uh, because i think it would have made total sense for uh, to play like six games um to play basically six games back to back on one stadium on two right. adjacent pitches in and fact, then back in uh, episode 81 i think when we had joy joy had suggested yes. the same thing right caravan approach yes so i don't know why we did not why we did not do this and instead decide to move to i think there i think there is a i think if i'm not wrong i think there's an apprehension that the numbers with covid might go up that there there might be um that there might be further restrictions down the line and and there might be some disruptions that they wouldn't be able to manage and that uae is a much more ordered place and so it would be much more deterministic to hold it there i'm guessing but other than that i just don't understand why uh, ipl decided to do this why the ipl organizing committee decided to do this it did not does not make any sense the one of the things about the the uae pitches is based on what i've what we've seen and it and 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 ipl happened there before one of the things that i remember from that time was that it was highly slow slow low scoring and spinning tracks now i have seen uh, and even when pakistan used to play there uh, and i've seen psl games even psl games are normally not very high scoring um, you know 160 i mean of course there were some games which were high scoring but in general they don't go beyond 150 or 160 a uh, 150 155 is a winning score now i don't know if the if the authorities there have spruced up the pitch to make it more uh, batting friendly but as far as i know most of those pitches are there is very little in them for genuine seam bowlers the ball does not swing at all so those teams which invested in playing in say the chinnaswami or playing in the new eden gardens they're screwed so uh, anybody who bowls fast there is like cannon fodder uh, on those pitches it's usually uh, it's it's like a it's not it's like a pravin tambe pitch normally there and i again i i could be proven wrong but i think that essentially a rule of thumb is going to be that any team which has a fairly decent uh, squad of spinners is stands at a huge advantage um so there are two things that i believe at this point of time and i haven't seen any of the pitches so this is totally based on my presumption that the pitches are going to spin is that the teams that stand the best chance are those that have not only a you know a a varied spin attack but also a set of players who are very good at playing spin and despite my desire not to say this this is why chennai super kings starters out as favorites this time because uh, even though they are all impossibly old impossibly old they they definitely make the markdarshak mandal look young at this point of time <laughs> uh, and every time i just amazed that they just basically make it through the tournament without somebody like collapsing on the pitch with a heart attack or something given that they're so old each of them in not just in ipl terms but in real terms also but they just managed to pull through all the time and this tournament i would say that if i look at the 11s they they are they look at least virtually unbeatable in in our 
in the Abu Dhabi pitches or in the UAE pitches that I have seen over the last few years. Because look at their, so let's start with Chennai Super Kings. So how do I think their uh, 11 is going to be? So I definitely think they should open with Shane Watson. Uh, Shane Watson has been very successful uh, in PSL matches uh, that have been played in UAE. So Shane Watson has a good measure of those pitches. Again, Shane Watson, uh, now the old Shane Watson has problems against genuine pace. You would see that he normally gets, he's always had this problem of getting LVW on the front foot. So that's been a very noted weakness that he has. He basically falls forward while playing a defensive shot and gets LVW. I don't think that in this in these pitches, and he's he's always been a pretty decent player of spin. I don't think he's going to have that problem over here. So Shane Watson, I would really prefer that Chennai opened with Shane Watson and Faf Duplessis. I know that there might be some availability problems with South Africans. I'm not totally sure about this, but they're definitely they're opening. One of the things that I I don't know why, but Chennai Super King sometimes I feel tend, tends to underuse Faf. So Shane Watson and Faf Duplessis should open the innings. Um, Suresh Raina should definitely come in at one down. And again, this is this kind of pitches are. A kind of going away retirement gift for Suresh Raina, I would say, because the ball is not going to bounce above his waist. So this is this is a place where he can be absolutely sure that there is that even the short deliveries are going to be meat and drink for him. So I hope that this will be a great series for Suresh Raina. This might be his last IPL. I don't know, but uh, might not be his last IPL. Might be there might be one more IPL in him. But Suresh Raina should definitely be CSK's number three. I would actually want as number four Ruturaj Gaikwad to play because I think he's an exciting prospect. And one of the things that Chennai Super Kings really, really needs to do for the future of their franchise is to come up with people who will not retire <laughs> in a one year. <laughs> so they right. really need to have one or two young players that will be the next generation of their team. So they have to expose that person. They just cannot do a Delhi Daredevils in one day. Everybody is young and new. If anything, the Chennai Super Kings themselves should have learned is that the most, the easiest way to get success is to have a very settled team. Teams which which totally reinvent themselves year after year usually do terribly. That's one of the axioms of IPL land. The team should be very, very settled and everybody should know what their role is. And in order for that to happen and in order for Chennai Super Kings not to have a terrible year or two or three, a few years down the line, it's very essential that at least this season, they start with some batsmen for the future of their franchise. So I would strongly recommend that Ruturaj Gaikwad comes in at this point of time and number four. Number five, obviously, will be Dhoni. And number six will be Kedar Jadav. Number seven, I think that they will play Dwayne Bravo. Dwayne Bravo is not playing badly in the CPL right now. So I'm, I'm, I don't, I mean, obviously Dwayne Bravo is not at his best. It has, he hasn't been at his best for the last two or three years. But I, given, the, given the kind of captain that Dhoni is, I think there's a lot of trust that he has in Dwayne Bravo. So I think Dwayne Bravo is definitely going to be number seven. Um, I think there was this uh, thing going around with, uh, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Vikram, that... Uh, What's the guy of uh, Srini? Srini Mama said, you know, he gave this tribute to uh, Dhoni and said that uh, he'll always let Dhoni run things the way he wanted. There right. was some famous player that he was thinking of buying and Dhoni said that, no, please. Okay, no, I, I, I don't know that. Not that person. He's not a, he's not a team <laughs> okay. player. 
so they said okay fine I, i'm i'm going to guess that was or i think i know who that is but anyways uh, it's fairly obvious who, who who that person would be um then there is of course so if dhoni comes at 5 there is kedar jadav at 6 dwayne bravo would be at 7 and that's already a pretty very very good batting lineup in those conditions and then you have eight ravindra jadeja so that's the first spinner that you have ravindra jadeja is is a match winner in those conditions then for number 9 you have a choice i mean this is where you're spoiled for choice you can play harbhajan singh you can play karun sharma you can play piyush chawla how many people have this level of spin choice uh like three of these you can play any two of them if you want but i'm guessing that only one of them will play every match then for the last foreigner spot you can either go with santner or you if you want a little bit of batting or you can go with imran tahir so and 11 you can have shardul thakur or deepak chahar one of them so again one of the things that i realize once i go through this is that i'm missing one seamer extra so there is possibly going to be i don't think that uh, number 10 they'll possibly play both shardul thakur and deepak chahar and they will have two spinners harbhajan singh or ravindra jadeja if they decide not to play duturaj gaikwad everybody moves up uh, moves up a spot and then if they don't play duturaj gaikwad they go in with one less batsman then they have the ability to play uh, ravindra jadeja one of santner or tahir and you know one of harbhajan singh karan sharma or piyush chawla which i believe in those conditions this is more than enough to win most games this said because you have a bunch of batsmen who wait now that i really i i forgot i forgot ambati raidu now oh, that yes. i was thinking of of course of course ruturaj gaikwad is not going to play he's going to be ambati raidu so 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 there is no way that ruturaj gaikwad is going to play which is going to be a tragedy because i really think that that there is no way that the chennai super kings is going to succeed if they don't have one young batsman at this point of time who can take it to the next level so um i think that would be the side i think in that case i would say that perhaps uh, faf is not going to get a game also then i think it's going to be shane watson and ambati raidu opening if they want to play if they want to play ruturaj i think they have to play ruturaj i think there is no option so but if they decide not to play ruturaj and just focus on winning games then yes this is a side which is and faf is a very good player of spin is one of the best players of spin that south africa have so this is a fairly decent side when it comes to handling spin as well as um you know and by the way kedar jadhav himself can bowl spin suresh raina himself can bowl spin so they have, they have a lot of spinning options so again one of the problems that this side has i believe is it has the abs it has the you know absence of a very dangerous finisher i just think that it it's lacking a little bit of you know gas in the tank i mean again it has always had dhoni to do the finishing but can dhoni consistently finish is to be seen i mean that's always been but i think that there might be some problems if any and i'm kind of splitting hairs at this time because otherwise i think this side is lovely in terms of its balance in those conditions originally i think this side was a side which was made for chennai in terms of playing at home but now i think all their games will be like chennai okay which takes me to the next team which is mumbai indians um so the mumbai indians again they 
anything which has ambani's name on it is obviously not going to ever look weak and uh, this this side i don't know i i don't know what do you think so by the way vikram what did you think of my assessment of chennai i especially the problem i mean uh, one thing is uh, which you touched upon initially in the with the national uh, team dhoni has been very uh, diligent in you know bringing in a continuous stream of youngsters and i was always wondering i think even last year before during the ipl roundup you had made this point on uh, you know dhoni has uh, unlike the indian national team he has kind of let this settle and we've had and honestly yeah they've kind of proven everyone wrong every season but uh, his strategy in terms of team building seems to be completely the other way around right uh, compared to what he did with the indian team yes so his again i think one of the things about him is he's very very focused on you know being constant and of this determined this he he does not want players and he's made it clear that he does not want players he himself does not personally trust so i think one of the reasons why he has been kind of reticent in blooding young talent i think is because there is a problem of trust i don't so, think that he particularly would enjoy having a ruturaj gaikwad walking in at number 4 having know, to back I'm, with I'm the kind of going off the track a little bit here but uh, uh, in the future let's say i, I think somebody in the chennai super kings uh, management had said that they expect dhoni to play till 2022 no uh, on what basis i don't understand but uh, I, I, did, did you read that uh i've not read it but i think that's very very uh i think that is i think that's a very very optimistic that <laughs> very is optimistic, very optimistic exactly so you even if let's say even if let's say it's 2021 i do expect him to continue playing a mentor role right i mean he would uh, still end up shaping the team No, no, obviously he will be a obviously he will be a mentor. There is no doubt he is he is going to continue as a mentor, maybe their coach. But I'm still, but it's it's different from you know it's different being in the in 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 that plexiglass enclosure and being behind right. the wicket. Yeah, the, right? the point was that see when he was uh, now especially since he's not in the national team, he might say you know during the he 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 doesn't have a working relationship with all the young talent coming in so it might be difficult for him to spot new talent and gain that build the trust that you mentioned right and so moving on. moving on moving on to uh mumbai indians everybody's favorite uh the new chennai super kings now because and everybody the loves to hate champions. them yes and everybody loves to hate them now because they're all young and they have Hardik Pandya, so it's very easy uh, to hate that team. So uh, Chennai Super Kings, you feel bad, you know that that hate Chennai Super Kings thing. I think is over nowadays. If you don't like Chennai Super Kings, you're like these are a bunch of like really nice, sweet uncles. Like how can you not <laughs> like them? How can you not like them? They're like very, very placid. You know, play play the game fairly, more or less. Don't give anybody the lip. Like gentle uncles, all of them. so you can you can it's not a team which can really be hated anymore uh but mumbai indians of course isn't like that at all um so again mumbai indians i think like chennai has a rather settled look um i again believe that it does not um on paper i would say it looks far weaker than chennai super kings at this point of time so i'll i'll go over what i believe the first 11 is going to be obviously surya kumar yadav is going to open the thing with surya kumar yadav is he is better when the ball is fast so 
if the speech is slow, then Surya Kumar Yadav is going to struggle. See, that was one of the reasons why Surya Kumar Yadav was never very successful when he played for Kolkata Knight Riders, because he would never open the innings. He would come in at five, six, or seven, where the the Eden pitch would have slowed down by that time. At least definitely slowed down compared to what it was, let's say, 20 overs ago. And that is all. I mean, Surya Kumar Yadav isn't a isn't like a super talented batsman, right? So he has his limitations. But he's good when it comes when the ball is a little hard. You know, some of his strokes actually work. So Surya Kumar Yadav is one of the guys who I believe is going to find it a little tough uh, in UAE. Uh, but it'll have to be seen again whether they have changed the pitches or not. But it'll be Surya Kumar Yadav and Decock. Again, the problem with Mumbai is, is going to be they'll have Decock as two and they'll have to have Chris Lynn at three. Now, the problem with this is neither Decock nor Chris Lynn are very good players of spin. So combined with the fact that you have Surya Kumar Yadav, Decock and Lynn, three people who are suspect against uh, slow bowlers and if the ball doesn't come fast off the deck, that's the first problem that Mumbai Indians is going to have. They might often find themselves quickly, very quickly, three down. Ford has to be Rohit Chalma. Um, I don't, you know, there is a school of opinion which says Rohit Chalma should open. But Yeah, I mean, uh, at least don't you want him at one down at least? No, I think Chris Lynn can't play at four. See, the fact is, this is the problem that I didn't understand why they chose Chris Lynn. Because Chris Lynn didn't make any sense to the way they had made their team. I think it was again a, an Ambani decision. Isko pasand hai, chalo isko le lete hai, kind of thing. I'm pretty sure John Wright must have hit his head on the table uh, when, they, when they took him. Because Chris Lynn makes no sense. Maybe in Wonke Day, maybe he, maybe he might. Because the pitch is a little fast, he might be able to clear the grounds. And he's an exciting guy, you know, the kind of person that you know Akash Ambani would like. But in terms of where we're going to play the tournament... Chris Lynn is a bit of a hit or miss. I mean, I've seen Chris Lynn play good knocks in UAE. That's also true. But Chris Lynn, it's always a bit of hit and miss. And the problem that they currently have in the top three is they don't have a stable person in the top three. Um, which is a good reason why Rohit Sharma perhaps should open. But if Rohit Sharma opens, then it will have to be at the cost of Surya Kumar Yadav. You can't push Deekov down the order. So the only other option that they might have and which they might actually gravitate to as the tournament progresses is to push Rohit Sharma up. And if they put Rohit Sharma up there, I don't think Surya Kumar Yadav will get a chance to play in the game. So I think they will then possibly have Ishan Kishan coming in at number four. So again, those were things they'll have to see. Five is obviously Hardik. Six is his brother. And uh, seven is Pollard. Um, I hope that there is a rule in Mumbai Indians that you cannot send Polar down below seven. I think Sachin Tendulkar <laughs> once showed that you know what, you know why you should. Not. So there is there must be a rule there that Kyron Polar should never be left waiting that long. So Kyron Polar comes in at seven. Then I think that their tail begins, and the, one of the problems with the tail is none of that. Unlike when they had Harbhajan, where he was a fairly decent batsman, at least you know he could tonk one or two right. shots. The problem is that after Kyron Pollard, they don't have anybody who can bat. So, so again, in these pitches, on, on low-scoring games, you basically want everybody to be able to bat to a certain extent. Because it is on some days, it is going to go down to 7 and 8 and 9. So it's not that those guys won't get to bat. 
So again, the problem that they have, otherwise they, their biggest advantage over Chennai is they have a very good finisher, Kyron Pollard, and they have Hardik Pandya. So they have good, they have good finishers. So who is at number eight? It will be a toss-up between McLennigan, Bolt, and Malinga. Malinga is not going to be available for the first half of the tournament. Or the first uh, but uh, didn't Malinga retire? No, no, Malinga retired and came back. He's like uh, Afridi now. Okay, Afridi, okay. He became coach, <laughs> then he came back. He said... And he actually played well, right, last time. So he did. He did exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so he's he's quite. So that's, that's why I I think that he's he's will be their first choice, believe it or not. I think among McLennigan, Bolt, and Malinga for that pitch, on a on a slow pitch, uh, Malinga is the best person among these three. Don't they also have this guy, uh, that uh, Coulter Nile? Yes, they have Coulter Nile. Coulter Nile is again, I just don't think. Coulter Nile is this guy who comes in. The bowlers like Coulter Nile are actually cannon fodder in those conditions. Because they, they bowl what uh, what Ravi Shastri used to call, they bowl a heavy ball. Which is, uh, they are very shoulder kind of guys. They bowl a lot from the shoulder. So again, it depends on the kind of pitches. So Coulter Nile is very, I would say, is a, is, is a, good, is a good bowler in Chinnaswap. That's the kind of place you want to use somebody like Coulter Nile. Um, here, again, you could put Coulter Nile. Coulter Nile at least brings a little bit of batting because he's kind of an all-rounder. So they might use, but I think their first choice is going to be McLennigan. Because McLennigan actually has a lot of variety, which I don't think Bolt has that level of variety. Because McLennigan can come at the end. If Malinga doesn't play, Malinga is a very good and Malinga and Bumrah will finish their overs, right? They will, there's the guys who are going to, but if Malinga doesn't play, the problem is who partners with with, with Bumrah. Um, so that brings to number nine, which will be Rahul Chahar. Ten will be Dhawal Kurkarni, who's going to be their weak link. He's going to get tonked. And then obviously 11 will be Bumrah. So, you know, problems, obviously the biggest problem they will face is another Netflix documentary. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know who is going to be able to play Rumal Chor with the Ambani's. Uh, the the real problem is going to be. I mean, they have two decent spinners in Trunal Panda and Rahul Chahar, but they obviously... they also had this guy, right? I mean, uh, very eighties villain sounding name. Uh, with uh, let me Balwant Rai or something like that. They had somebody. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just googling them. I yeah, Prince Balwant Rai. I mean, would you believe that? Does it get any more eighties movies than that? Yes. Yes. Prince So let's go to the next thing. So then we have, um, so on some spinning tracks, they are likely to struggle. As I said, I think the main problem is their batting is going to be tested. Even Hardik Pandya hasn't been, I mean, he hasn't been playing a lot of games, right? At the highest level. And uh, I think Bumrah is coming off. Uh, Bumrah is coming off an injury. Yes. Right. So there's, 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 there's a lot of uncertainty around this team. And so I, I will, I'm not, um, I'm going to, you know, not going to consider them one of the top four favorites this time because of that. Chennai obviously is one of the top four favorites, which which makes me move to the uh, next uh, metro city, which is Delhi Capitals. Again, Delhi Capitals, their selection obviously makes no sense. So Delhi Capitals decided that we will buy all all openers. So what they did was they, so Delhi Capitals has uh, openers, they have Prithvi Shaw, they have uh, Dhawan, they have Rahane, they have Jason Roy, they have Alex Carey and Stoinis. 
all of these guys open okay so obviously they're not going to be able to play all of them um now this is where i for the life of me didn't understand what was going on and vikram please feel free to explain this to me why did they choose both dhawan and rahane <laughs> i mean this makes no sense so when you have somebody like dhawan so that's why i think that the only thing that they can do is both dhawan and rahane can't play together because if both of them play they've lost the game now this might the fact that we have moved to the uae might actually provide a lifeline that dhawan and rahane both might play because but otherwise there is no logic by which both dhawan and rahane can play given the other people they have in their side so obviously prithvi shaw is going to open there is no doubt about it yep. prithvi yep. shaw has been in solid form he's been blazing so prithvi shaw is opening the number 2 opener is a toss up between dhawan and rahane now why would a side have two players of the caliber of dhawan and rahane and not be able to play with them that only delhi capitals can manage so it's shaw and dhawan rahane number 3 is ayer number 4 is pat there is no doubt about that now five i would put hetmar so that's their first foreign player for five i would put hetmar six i would put stoinis the thing about stoinis is that i've watched last season's bbl and stoinis opened every time and he didn't bowl so i don't know if stoinis has stopped bowling and if he's transitioned to just being an opening batsman so i don't know if stoinis is prepared to play number 6 previously when he originally came in when he originally used to like when he first became a bbl star he used to bat at number 6 which was really what his classical position was but now he's this last season he started opening he did a great job opening of course but i'm be interested to see whether stoinis will fit in at number 6 Seven uh, who, will. Who is the captain this year? Ayer, Sreeshar. Ayer, it continues. Okay, good. Yeah. So, so it, obviously, like Dhawan and Rahane. Dhawan and Rahane, you can't make any of them captain because they're not. None of them are sure to play, right? And yeah, uh, they have Ashwin as well, right? Yes. Yeah, so that so that's when coming to so so six is Toynis, seven is Aksar Aksar Patel, eight is Ashwin. Two very good spinners. Okay. Nine is Rabada. Ten is either Ishant or Mohit Sharma. and 11 is either lamichane or amit mishra so see this is a, this this is a fairly solid spinning side by the way the very good spinners i think after uh, chennai they have the best spinners in 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 the whole franchise but here's the thing as long as you're playing delhi capitals i think the non striker can stand halfway down the pitch and be sure that they won't be run out this year because i don't <laughs> know if you heard that right yes, yes. ricky ponting said he's going to have a talk Uh, I I, mean, I really hope all the batsmen do that. All their opponents do that, where they stand halfway down the pitch and just take half runs and make Ricky Ponting <laughs> reconsider that. So then uh, problems. Obviously, if they lose, Kejriwal will blame it on Modi. <laughs> uh, and uh, and obviously there might be some Ambani ka hath here too uh, when that happens. um the problem with the side is again that stone is to finish i don't see that stone is nowadays finishing so who's going to finish their games for them unless i mean again rishabh pant i don't know how you know he's he's had a terrible last year so i i, I am curious to see how rishabh pant is going to be psychologically i mean he's a definitely a very exciting player he's 
He's is he's tremendously fun to watch and he's obviously made for T20 but where his mind is going to be and so but again he's he might be helped by the pitches there again these are not i think rishabh pant's problem is high quality seam bowling um if the ball is moving and i don't think he's he's not going to have that so this is a perfect place for rishabh pant to come back and establish his bona fide especially now that dhoni has retired um it's very important that he kind of uh kind of make his make his mark i mean this is this this is his tournament which brings me to hyderabad and maybe i'm missing something vikram but this hyderabad team looks really weak you know what it, it's always been dependent on one or two players always right, right from even even when they were deccan chargers if you remember the no, season that, when we won it was no the the, the reason why i would say that they look very weak is because they have lost believe it or not and i'm this might be surprising first because they let dhawan go yes he wanted oh. to go they couldn't do no. yeah yeah so he wanted to go so dhawan wanted to go because of payment or something so dhawan going there and i'll, I'll explain why that that totally takes out the balance of the side because with dhawan going the problem is that you your first three yeah. batsmen are all foreign players yes exactly now you can say that okay so the who are the three foreign players it's bestow warner and williamson now you can say let's not have williamson um you need williamson you need williamson especially because of the rest of the batting that's going to come because they if one because you see the thing with warner is warner can win the game but he it's good to have bestow and warner opening that's definite i mean without bestow warner this team is definitely going to come last Would uh, would uh, England be available? I think England is going to. Be, I read somewhere that England and Australia are going to be available throughout. It's South okay. Africa which is the problem. So uh, who are, who's uh, South Africa playing against? I don't know exactly who's, but it's not England or. Okay. It might be West Indies. I'm sure. Sh- sh- but again, West Indies. Most of the players who play here are not contracted. Right. Right. So Hyderabad again it looks very weak and I'll tell you why it's weak. So one another player that they that they let go but actually who kind of added a lot of solidity to the side was Yusuf Pathan. Because um, now that you now that you look at the side let's just go over the side. So you have Bairstow coming in at one, Bairstow and Warner. Okay. So if Warner obviously he is the greatest I mean Smithgale, Warner and Rayner are the three greatest IPL players ever. so i mean even the record is that so obviously warner he's a champion and he will win several games on his own but again not all games so best of warner and then that's the problem starts you have to have williamson after that because you need somebody who provides solidity um then you have manish pandey coming in at four who's this notoriously inconsistent person yeah absolutely notoriously inconsistent person so there is there is no other indian batsman now there is none now that they let shikhar dhawan go they don't have any indian batsman other than manish pandey who is again i would say not the greatest indian batsman to have in your side so you have number 4 manish pandey you have number 5 vijay shankar so you already hit vijay shankar at number 5 right right yeah you have so i'm saying that they will have to play somebody like a priyam garg who is again a lot of things have been heard about him and stuff but we don't know right i mean we heard here about these things every year so you'll have to try so number 6 will have to be an unknown quantity 
they they can't get in uh, uh, mohammed nabi because all your foreigners are taken yeah, yeah they are foreign players are gone right because you have to take your first three you've taken your three and you have to have rashid khan you in, in that condition so your your hyderabad's four players are fixed best of warner williams and rashid khan can't play with that exactly yeah. you'll have, even if you drop any one of the uh, these four it's going to hurt big time Yeah, you. I mean, obviously, Rashid you can't drop Warner on <laughs> certainly. Yeah. So again, this side is suffering from not having, let's say, a Shakib. What would they give for a Shakib at this point of time? Instead right. of Williamson, I would put a Shakib there and possibly play two young Indian batsmen to kind of cover up for that. That you know they don't have. So right now, so six Priyam Gurg, seven Rashid Khan. Rashid Khan isn't a seven. No, certainly not. But that's that's how high you'll have to bat because there's nobody eight. Bhuvneshwar Kumar nine. Sandeep Sharma ten. Bhuvi used to be number ten in the Indian team, right? Yes. So everybody moves up. So there is a shocking lack of batting in this side. Indian batting, especially like Indian said. batting. There is a shocking lack of Indian batting. So even Nadeem, Khalil Ahmed, Sandeep Sharma, Bhuvneshwar Kumar four, and Rashid Khan five. So this is just makes up five bowlers, and Vijay Shankar is hardly a right. bowler. So and the the that the, the headband guy, uh, call. Yes. So you can have Khalil Ahmed or call. They're interchangeable. But what I'm saying is none of them can bat. No, no. Yeah, it's so, very worrying. So it's a very very worrying. If you are a Hyderabad fan, I'd be very worried that there is a lack of a genuine all rounder, for instance, in this side. Uh, the the only I think silver lining is that, like you said, the if the pitches are low scoring, yeah, it, it's a good bowling yes. side. Yes. So if the if the pitches are low scoring, their advantage is going to be that they will have Warner and Williamson. So Warner is such a great batsman that he is a guy who can take. He's he's one of the few batsmen I believe who he's like Sehwag like in the sense that it doesn't matter if it's a super fast pitch, it's a super spinning pitch, it doesn't matter. He is good enough to take the pitch out. He's that good a batsman. So Warner can basically rocket any pitch that he gets. Williamson would be absolutely vital on these pitches, especially with this batting that you have coming after him. The only way you can even expect to survive is if Williamson kind of holds it, and then these guys just become disposables. Like play five balls, get out. Play five balls, get out. And Williamson just basically bats through. This is the only strategy that you have at this point of time. Okay, which brings me to the next team, which is the last okay, okay. my favorite team, Kolkata Knight Riders. Now, shockingly, the Kolkata Knight Riders side doesn't look that terrible once you put them together. But obviously, there are some terms and conditions. So, who's going to open? I believe Rahul Tripathi is going to open. Um, Rahul Tripathi had a very successful season in Rajasthan, and then he lost his opener spot, and they tried to make him a middle order batsman, and he flopped. um so i think that the plan is to open with rahul tripathi and to open with sunil narayan of course sunil narayan depends on the conditions so if sunil narayan doesn't but sunil narayan has to most days he will have to open he might get out within two or three balls but it's okay sunil narayan is also going to be india uh, kkr's biggest weapon in terms of on those pitches so rahul tripathi Sunil Narayan, number three, Shubman Gill. If Shubman Gill flops, then we are toast. Kolkata Knight Riders is toast. So this everything is based on Shubman Gill 
kind of coming out to be the next Kohli this season. So Rahul Tripathi opens, Sunil Narayan, Shubman Gill, solid middle order in Oil Morgan and Nitish Rana. Then the finishers, 6-7, Dinesh Karthik and Dinesh Karthik and Andre Russell. So that's pretty much very, very good finishing. And then you have um, you know, Pat Cummins. He's obviously going to play. Now the problem with Pat Cummins is on these pitches, Pat Cummins is going to be easy to hit. Unlike Kolkata, where he was really taken for the new Eden pitch, where he would have been a handful. But on these pitches, Pat Cummins is not going to be that dangerous. But they'll definitely play him given the amount of money they put down for him. So Pat Cummins at 8, uh, 9 Kuldeep Yadav, and 10 and 11, they'll play one of Nagar Koti or Mavi or Prasida Varanchakurath. So again, I believe that this is a side which is. Um, fairly balanced. It has two uh, good spinners, Kuldeep Yadav and Sunil Narayan. If they want, they can right. get a Varun Chakravarti in two. If, if they want to go three spinners, And it, it's that. not just balanced in terms of talent, it's also balanced in terms of uh, Indians and uh, yes. uh, foreign players. So you have very and, good uh, things that they can move around. And, and they have very mature people in like an Oyan Morgan in the middle. So, Ayan Morgan is one of the keenest cricket brains playing in cricket nowadays. Very, very solid cricket brain. So, you, you want to have somebody like Ayan Morgan. I mean, I wish rather than Dinesh Karthik, Ayan Morgan was the captain, but that's another thing. But you have Ayan Morgan is a very, very good buy in, in this and on, on those kinds of pitches. Now, again, how Ayan Morgan, if on a spinning track, how good Ayan Morgan is might be a might be a problem. And even Tom Banton, who's, I'm guessing, the backup for him is not going to be of much help. So, Kolkata Knight Riders have that problem, that on spinning tracks, I don't think their batting might... I mean, Dinesh Karthik will be good on a spinning track. Andre Russell will be terrible on a spinning track. Nitesh Rana might be able to survive on a spinning track. Shubman Gill will possibly be very good on a spinning track. So, it's a mixed bag, given the batting in terms of playing spin. However, in terms of the balance of the side, in terms of the settled look, it's very settled. Um, I think Kolkata Knight Riders is looking good this time. But again, the form depends. It depends a lot on, I would say, uh, Gil and Rana. So if Gil and Rana have a bad season, I think it's going to be a problem. There's going to be too many holes for Kolkata Knight Riders to fill. Because the problem with Kolkata Knight Riders has always been they have a fairly decent 11. It's the problem with what happens after them. This is really the only team they have. They have nobody after this. There's no replacement for this. They have some foreign players they can replace, but in terms of Indians, this is it. If one of the guys goes, that's it. They basically run a very tight ship. Next team, Royal zero Challenges. Yes, yeah, zero inventory, just in time. Uh, Royal Challenges, Bangalore. Um, again, this is a strange team. <laughs> and again, one could say that this is a Chinnaswamy team, but Given what is, it's a very strange thing. So it'll have to open with Aaron Finch um, and Parthiv Patel, which is by nature a very funny combination. But Parthiv Patel has to open because there is, I think Parthiv Patel is a fairly decent T20 player. And given the nature of this, and Virat Kohli comes in at three and ABDV comes at four. This is where in five, they will have to play Devdat Patel. That's the first risk that they have. They'll have to play Devdar Parikal. They don't have any other Indian batsman at that point of time. So it'll again be 
based on an under 18 that one of the U18 stars. So Devdutt Parikal will have to play at number five. Six will either be Moin Ali or Chris Morris. A seven will be Shivam Dubey. Eight will either be Washington Sundar or Navdeep Saini. Nine, they should play Kane Richardson. The reason why I say Kane Richardson is Kane Richardson is actually has a very good slower ball. Um, and he's actually very good with T20 bowling. So on that, on those pitches, I think Kane Richardson would be a good person to have. 10 would be Umesh Yadav and 11 would be uh, Chahab. So again, they have a fairly decent spinning attack if they play Washington Sundar and uh, and uh, and Chahal. So they have a fairly decent, but and if they want, they can also play Moin Ali and so have three very good spinners, fairly, fairly decent spinners. But again, there's something about the side that just doesn't look like, right? Because are, are they now the only team that hasn't won apart from no, I think, Kings Punjab. 11 also hasn't yeah, won. Apart from Punjab. Punjab and Kings 11 also won. So again, I don't know what is wrong with this side. Again, if there is, of course, the biggest one of the biggest things that's wrong with its side is Kohli uh, as a captain. That's obviously has always been uh, particularly problematic for that franchise. But um, again, they have Alan Finch, Virat Kohli, ABDV. So you know, in terms of in terms of firepower, there's nothing wrong with this side. Again, they these are. I mean, Alan Finch. I don't know how good a player of spin he is, but Virat Kohli and ABDV are like solid players of spin. So it's not that this side can't do it, but I just don't think that this side has that. It's giving me that feeling that it'll be make able to make it into the final four, given some of the other sides that are there, which comes to the side. I'm going to end with the side, which I believe is looking really good, but I'll come to first Rajasthan Royals. So Rajasthan Royals, um, again, has to open, I believe, with uh, Sanju Samson and Josh Butler. I think it's time that Sanju Samson was given. I mean, this is Sanju Samson is now at that age where if he doesn't make it this year or next, his his career is gone. True. So Dhoni is out. Uh, there is a vacuum now. Um, so it looks like it is going to be uh, at least in the shorter versions of the game, Panth. But can given that Panth is going through a low, can Sanju Samson step in to that door? Can he, can he step up? And if he can't step up now, that's it. His career is done. So Sanju Samson, for his own sake, should open for Rajasthan Royals. That will give him the amount of time. And he has an IPL century and stuff. So he can do it. He has the ability to come up the order and bat through 20 overs and score big. So Sanju Samson and Josh Butler. With Josh Butler goes hammer and tongs and Sanju Samson bids. Number three. This is where I think I think Rajasthan made a wrong move, selecting Robin Uttama. The problem with and I've always been a big fan of him, but he's I mean, what I saw last time, he just didn't seem to be there anymore. So, but the problem with selecting him is you have to play him. So the only place where he can come in is at number three. Now, the problem with him at three is that you have Steve Smith coming in at four. So there's a little bit of if Josh Butler gets out then you have a problem with three and four in terms of they won't be able to pick up speed. Now, Steve Smith is a very good player of spin. So they have a very good player of spin. So I think what three, what I would think they should actually go with, with I don't think they will, would be to have Yashasvi Jaiswal instead of Robin Uttapa. Would and you I want think, to have Smith in uh, one down and get uh, Robin Uttapa maybe at five after? No, when, Robin Uttapa can't finish, man. He can't finish. There, there, I mean, if you put Robin Uttapa at any spot below three, you might as well not play him. Make him bad at number 11. 
because he can't he can't bat see the thing with robin utapai is he can't bat outside the first five overs and even then he has trouble nowadays so robin utapai again I, what i think is going to happen is robin utapai is going to start off and then he's going to get dropped and uh, yashwasi jaiswal is going to come in and bat in at number 3 or steve smith is going to go up at number 3 but yashwasi jaiswal will come in five it has to be ben stokes um six they'll possibly pay play i'm guessing mohipal lomror at six who's that and mohipal lomror he is like kind of an all-rounder guy uh indian player yeah yeah okay um then again their main problem is then their they have a long tail so seven jofra archer eight sesh gopal nine unadkat 10 mayank markande and 11 varun arun so they have a long again i mean they have ben stokes obviously the world's best all rounder there but they still have I mean, they are fairly good but jofra archer again is not going to be that effective here as he would have been in india so i am a little worried for rajasthan royals both in terms of batting and bowling i mean uh, of course they have very good batting mean, they have jos butler and steve smith and ben stokes but again the only good they have only one solid indian batsman and that's sanju samson this is again a repeat of srh you need at least two or three solid indian batsmen like kolkata night riders they have two they have shubman gill and they have nitish rana they are fairly standard guys you know you can trust them to score some runs all the time and you have rahul tripathi who's like a 70% guy who's there he's not 100% but he's 70% so you can do with 170 and 200s but this side is full of 60s that's the problem so sanju samson is again he's he's been inconsistent so it it depends a lot on sanju samson this year because after that because they let rahane go and again this just like hyderabad is suffering because they let uh, they let uh, dhawan left rajasthan royals is going to suffer because they they're not going to ha- they also have rahane gone so no matter how rajasthan royals felt about rahane and his and his scoring speed replace sanju samson with rahane and drop everybody down one slot and this side looks great it's just missing that one indian batsman that ajinkya rahane was and that's why this is this team is out of balance i would say which brings me to this team which before you go there uh, just wanted to ask so uh, what we have, we've got three locations right we've got sharja dubai and there's one in abu dhabi so are all of the pitches the same i mean uh, or is any one of them at least a belter um i think the abu dhabi one is the worst in terms of what i remember in terms in of terms being of very low scoring low scoring spinning which is where kolkata night riders are which is okay. good for them um kind of because i think that i still think they have i mean they they i think they they they'll be okay with that i mean again they have oin morgan but at least they got rid of chris lin so they're okay kind of okay on that but i again i i'm not 100% sure that you know that all of them are that terrible but i i'm pretty sure one thing that i can say they're terrible for people who bowl fast uh-huh. that i can assure this is not going to be as far as i remember you know very seeming tracks or you know there's a juice in it to use ravi shastrism there's for when you that uh, host the psl you would expect them to be uh, more no they don't the ones that host i've seen psl games psl games the 
the bowling is actually very pedestrian. I mean, even the Pakistani pace bowlers, some of them are pretty good. They actually look pretty crappy there. Um, most of the wickets are usually gotten by Imran Tahir or somebody like that. So the spinners, Imran Tahir, these people are the most successful in PSL. Okay. Um, so, and again, PSL scores are usually 150, 160. Max, max. I mean, there's no, yeah. like, it's not Tindaswami where 200, 180, 190, not like that. So, Kings 11 Punjab is, again, I think they have, again, it's a very interesting team, I would say. So, of course, Gail Rahul opens. Now, do you go with Gail? I, I'm guessing Gail is not going to play all the games. But why wouldn't you? I mean, it's just... Gale's, dice. Gale's fitness is not going to stand up. Uh-huh. How old is Gail now? He must be... Uh, 40 or something. 40, yeah, he must be 40, right? Yeah. So Gail's not going to be able to stand up uh, to uh, throughout the tournament. So he will have to be, and I think he'll be used selectively. So Rahul and Gail will obviously open. Now here's where they have a lot of talent. They have Mayank Agarwal, who's grown by leaps and bounds. And they and Safraz Khan has had a very good series. So you have essentially the choice of Mayank Agarwal, Karun Nair, and Safraz Khan. Then you have a Choice of plenty. You can't play all of them. So on days that Gale decides to sit out, you can play all three. But on days that Gale decides to play, it will have to be Mayank Agarwal comes in, I believe, at number three. One of Karun Nair or Safras Khan will bat it for. Five will be Glenn Maxwell. Now, Glenn Maxwell had a good time in UAE last time they played there, if I remember correctly. So again, Glenn Maxwell has been very hit or miss. And if there is any weakness in this side, it's just the fact that they have Gale and Glenn Maxwell together. So, but I think some of it is corrected by the next guy who comes in, who I believe should be playing is Nick Puran. So Nick Puran is a CPL star and he's very good. I believe Nick Puran is very good. So you have Nick Puran coming in at six and you have Jimmy Nisham coming in at seven. And now you have a lot of, you have a lot of power there. So if you have Maxwell, Puran, Nisham, and before that you have a Safras and you've had a Rahul and a Gale above and a Mayank in the middle, this is now a solid batting lineup. And at eight, you have a Krishnappa Gautam who can also bat. At nine, you have a Shami. At 10, you have a Vilojan because, you know, you need one guy who's going to be fast. Because none of, so far, there's not, I mean, there's Shami, of course, but you need... I forgot enough. Shami was in, uh, in Punjab now. Okay. He's in Punjab, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, right. I forgot that. Yeah, so Shami is 9 in 10 and 11, it will be one of either Ishan Porel or Suchit or Ravi Vishnu. So there'll be one of these guys. I'm guessing it's going to be Jagdish Suchit, but I think they should try Ishan Porel because he's been you know has had, had a pretty decent season so they have a choice of like an indian spinner who's not that well known so their main problem i would say is they don't have a frontline spinner now ishan porel could be a frontline spinner or jagadisha suchit could be a frontline spinner but they don't have some a bigger name brand spinner i believe unless they play that uh, that, that afghan guy what's his name uh why I thought SRH had cornered all the Afghan spinners. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, 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 this guy played all the games. Hold on. Uh, just give me a second. Uh, somehow I missed him in my list, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's there. Uh, 
Um, and I'm going purely see the tournament is a start. I don't know what the pitches are, but purely based on the lineups and how they all like the balance of the team, I would say CSK definite, definite favorite. I would say by far. Um, I was also going to give Kolkata Knight Riders. Yes, despite my, despite my want wanting to reverse jinx them always, but I have to say Kolkata Knight Riders does look like it could get into the final four. I will also uh, put Kings Eleven Punjab as my dark horse. Delhi, and, oh. and yeah, I will. I will say one of Mumbai or Delhi. So uh, I wouldn't put Mumbai normally, just looking at their side. But you know, anything which Ambani ka hai, uh, okay. let's just say. Why are that, you not putting Bangalore in it? Uh, because I just there there are many reasons why. First of all, I believe that. One of one thing that has been established in IPL is that leadership matters. It might not matter in so much in. I mean, it does matter in tests and one days, but I think in a in a franchise in franchise cricket where you have so many people from different countries playing together of different seniorities, people who are getting paid. So I mean, the pay is so different. Let's say what Dev Dutt Parikal is making, he's batting with Virat Kohli. So th- this guy is making like. 50 times what Devdat Parikal is making. So this is it's a it's a very difficult place to I think Joy said that if you remember. That yes. you know this is the place where you know the the junior engineer is actually batting with the CEO. So that <laughs> this is not so 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 you know in, in a place like this ultimately leadership is very very important. And I just felt feel that over the years we are Virat Kohli has just shown very poor leadership skills. Um when it comes to, especially when it comes to franchise cricket, I mean, I don't know if he's, so that's the reason. And I also feel that, you know, if, if I look through the team, I just don't see, I mean, how many matches is Virat Kohli going to win for this side? And so this, again, if Aaron, if this is the same template that Raj, that Bangalore has had for the last 10 years. They have three or four very powerful batsmen and then they have nothing. So this time also they have Aaron Finch, Virat Kohli, and ABDV. That's it. Who else? Parthiv Patel, Devdutt Parikal. Who else? Shivam Dubey, Washington Sundar. Like who else do you expect to win a match for you? So they have three people who can win a game for you. In contrast, look at Chennai. Chennai, every guy can win a match for you. True. Even Mumbai, you have a lot of match winners in the side. Delhi Capitals, you have at least you have Shaw match winner, Ayer match winner, Punt match winner, Hetmeyer match winner, Stronis match winner, Rabada match winner. So I would that's why I am tempted not to put 
Bangalore in my top four because I just feel that it, it every year I actually put Bangalore in my top four because I always get seduced by the, the the quality of these big hitters that they always have and somehow every time I felt fooled and kind of like stupid at the end that you know this time also I made the same mistake so this time I'm not going to make that same mistake I think that Bangalore has the exact same problems that it has always had and that it hasn't it hasn't I believe um uh, I don't think it has rectified its situation. Like one of the things that I felt that Bangalore did very, very badly, which again goes to poor, very poor leadership is Safraz Khan. So it's very obvious that Virat Kohli has a problem with overweight people. So yet they invested, if you recall, they were the guys who retained Safraz Khan. Do you remember that? No, 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 no. They did, right? When last auction, when they had to retain, retain they Safraz Khan was, I believe, one of the guys who was retained by them. They did? Okay. So RCB sprung up the biggest surprise of the retention after deciding to keep uncapped India batsman Safraz Khan for 1.75 crores. Okay. So they decided to keep, they put this amount of money for him and they didn't play him after that. And then they let him go. So once you invest this amount of money, unless you're absolutely crazy, um, you are investing it because you see in him an investment for the future. And then you just let him go. And by the way, he's had a very good series this time. So he's not, I mean, take Safraz Khan and put him into this side. And now this side looks much better. So again, they're just missing. They just, they're just, again, they have the same problem that the other lower ranked franchises have. They have only one solid Indian batsman, Virat Kohli. Parthiv Patel is a 70. How will Devdat Padikal be? I have no idea. If he's, a, if he's a 70, if he's an 80, if he's a 100, good for them. But if he isn't, if he's like last year Shivam Dubey, then they're host. And they also have Shivam Dubey. Right. <laughs> At, uh, at one point, of course, they had a uh, gale too, right? I mean, and still they managed to. I think uh, that year, in fact, they were at the bottom of the table. If I'm not wrong, they had so they had Shane Watson, okay. They had Shane Watson. They had Gale. They had ABDV in the greatest form of his life. They had Virat Kohli. Um, they have had Aaron Finch before, I think, also. So they've always had. They had Marcus Tornis. So yes. they have always had. They've always had really superstars. They've always had superstars. Of course, they have had Dinda too. So there are they do have their like shameful things that they've had. But uh, but in general, they've always kind of. I mean, it's been a very it's been a very Vijay Malaya kind of thing. There's always been a flash without any substance for them. They have not created a balanced a balanced side. I mean, look at look at Chennai, right? I mean, look at Chennai. This is the definition of what a balanced side is. Okay, they're a little old. But other than that, three or four years ago, this would be the definition of what a balanced side is. Even Bombay, Mumbai has a very balanced side. This is a side which doesn't have a balance and the worst of it is they haven't learned. You would think that after 10 years of being always losing that they would realize what the core of their problem is. But they've instead, they have gone back to their exact same weakness as they have done every time. That's why I keep Bangalore out. For the sake of Bangalore supporters, I hope they prove you wrong. And of course, as Hyderabadi, I hope <laughs> what you say is right. 
And what what is your feeling about the Hyderabad team since you are a Hyderabad fan? No, uh, see the uh, heart says Hyderabad, but uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and it's it, this has been a problem right from day one, right? I mean, where we've not had any strong Indian players. We, in fact, I think Yuvraj was there for what one year and that too during yes. the towards the end of his yeah. career. But otherwise, they've never invested in uh, Indian players, and it was always that. Okay, okay, who's going to be the fourth? These are the four foreign players. No, no they, had Sh- they, had, they had Shikhar Dhawan, right? So they had Shikhar Dhawan. That was all they needed. Like, look at this side. Put Shikhar Dhawan and you have again two solid Indian players, right? And um, that is what I would say, that you need to have two or three solid Indian players. And they're just down by one. I mean, and, and again, I would I, I would doubt that at this point of time, um, I would say that Manish Pandey isn't 100 anymore. <laughs> he is down to a 70 or 60 at this point of time. So the, the, again, the, the two times when Hyderabad won it, once as Deccan Chargers and one as uh, SRH, both Boy, of them, no. uh, that time it was Gilchrist completely. Uh, I think it was in South Africa, right? That, uh, when Deccan Chargers won it. And it was Gilchrist won all the matches for us. I mean, it was completely a one-man show. And uh, again, when SRH won it, it was a uh, Warner show. Uh, though, of course, the the last time when we played a uh, CSK in the finals, that time I think we had uh, uh, we had uh, uh, Richardson as the captain, but it did okay. Yeah. So, so, so again, everything I said could be proven wrong if. If any side has a one-man show, like for instance, Rajasthan Royals right. in the season before that had a one-man show with Josh Butler. He scored like seven or eight fifties, one after another. After yes. they were after they had a season in which they were losing everything, then they just promoted Josh Butler to open, and that's what happened. So, so these things always happen. But when we make a preseason prediction, it's based on exactly. not like it's an engineering decision, right? You Absolutely. don't think of a superstar. You think of where the process is. Uh, you know how things, how what the balance is, what kind of pitches they're going to play. I mean, that's the more fascinating part of IPL. And of course, everybody then the the, the it could be that this is uh, you know Parthiv Patel season. He makes like eight hundred runs. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Who you knows? had the guy Waltati or some somebody in Punjab. Yeah, yeah, you had, yeah, had exactly. Yeah, so you have you always have one one guy who could just make it his own, and then you would never hear of hear from him again. But yeah. again, that's based the fun on of IPL. The, yeah, so that's fun of IPLs. So all of this could be wrong, but again, based on Based on again, if you look through it now that I look through the lineup, it's the exact same problem with Rajasthan Royals. They have one Indian batsman, Sanju Samson. That's it. No more else. Robert Uttapa isn't an India batsman anymore. <laughs> so I don't know why they let uh, why they let Rahane go because Seriously. you know take Rahane, shove everybody down a batting order. This is a very good team. Without Rahane, it's not. Uh, Delhi, Delhi, I, I I like Delhi, but with Delhi, the, the the I mean Delhi looks almost unbeatable. Except that I don't understand what the, I'm worried that they might play Dhawan Rahane both together. Now, of course, the the good thing about Delhi Capitals is they have Ricky Ponting. So I I guess that Ayer is not really the captain. It's Ricky Ponting who's the captain, and he is not a guy who's let's say who's short of opinion or short of enforcing it. So I hope, but again, when I look at this side, I realize that it was also Ricky Ponting who made this side. And some of the decisions, especially this profusion of openers is puzzling. 
and Delhi might suffer in the end if if Pant has a bad season, Delhi is gone. It's still very much dependent on Pant. That's what I would say. The good thing about Chennai and Kolkata, in Chennai, the best thing is they have multiple they have multiple redundancies within this team. Uh, Kolkata, as I said, have they can tolerate two two redundant. They have tolerated two faults. If they have a third fault, they're host. And most of the other sides, they are they have a single point of failure. That is what makes them weak. All right. Okay. So that's so- it for today. Uh, absolutely, and uh, we hope uh, this bettered your appetite for IPL. Uh, I certainly am waiting for the signature IPL horn to go off. Even if this year we'll I'll have to watch it entirely on TV. Uh, and you also, in case you enjoyed this episode, you might want to listen to episode 81 where we had Joy uh, but uh, Joy Butcharja on uh, on, and uh, I think we spoke about IPL and. A lot of other sports-related stuff. That's a good listen. Or if you have, even if you have listened to it, you might want to listen to it again. And uh, let us know what you thought of Arnab's picks for your favorite teams, where you agreed and especially where you disagreed with him. So until next time, take care. Bye bye.